Welcome to the Elopement Podcast, the first ever wedding planning podcast dedicated entirely to couples who are ditching tradition and instead choosing what speaks to them most. I'm Ruth Ann Z, an intimate wedding and elopement photographer, and I eloped too. So trust me, I get it. This podcast exists to serve you in a season that not many others can understand. From planning advice, tips, and tricks, to candid conversations with couples, vendors, and even my husband, I'm here for you. I can't wait to help you plan the most kick-ass day of your life. So, let's go. Hello, welcome to the Elopement Podcast. I'm Ruth Nancy, your host, and today's episode is week seven of our Elopement Planning 101 series, and that is hiking on your elopement day, what to expect and how to plan for it. I honestly cannot believe that we have made it this far. Um, When I started this podcast, I started it wanting to help, you know, obviously couples who are eloping and and provide resources, but I quickly became overwhelmed with um, the reality that it wasn't going to be perfect. And that was a really challenging thing for me um, because I'm not, I'm not, typically a perfectionist. But when it comes to something like this, where it's literally my voice being recorded, (laughs) it is time stamped. um, There is no denying that it is me and that I said it. Um, There's a little bit of added, I don't know, anxiety to creating something like that. So the fact that, um, that you guys have stuck with me through the beginning of this podcast and this series and you know, everything that has come since day one, um, I just wanted to say thank you. Um, Like I said, it's week seven, next week is week eight, and that will be wrapping up this series, but I have a handful of episodes, um, not a handful, I have bi-weekly episodes that will be coming out following this weekly series, and I'm just really, really, really excited to share those with you guys and, and keep providing resources for eloping couples. So, Anyway, all that to say, happy Monday. (laughs) It's week seven. We're talking about hiking on your elopement day, what to expect, how to plan for it, um, and just the logistics of an adventure elopement spent in the mountains or wherever you are. Um, Quick disclaimer, I am speaking from experience of working in a very specific area. The California High Sierra is totally different than like oh, I don't know, Colorado, (laughs) like very different. Um, So if you are, you know, if you are looking to elope in a location like that, I would highly recommend, you know, talking to your photographer and your vendors who are local and and getting their actual like real-time feedback on it. But this is a really good place to start, I think, because there are some certain rules that apply across the board um, and, you know, location-specific advice um, for how to prep for hiking is something that, again, you should talk to your vendors about. Um, But as far as just the basics and the things that you need to know and consider as you're planning and and anticipating, um, you know, spending time hiking on your wedding day, this episode is going to cover that for the most part. Um, Before we get started, wanted to uh, share really quick about our sponsor, Wandering Weddings. I Wandering Weddings is an elopement blog and vendor directory that will help you source vendors whose vision is aligned with yours for your adventure, elopement, or intimate wedding. Wandering Weddings has all the resources you need to get started in planning your adventure, wedding, or elopement, and you can go to wanderingweddings.com to get started. Seriously, if you are not using Wandering Weddings throughout this process, if you are not you know, getting married in Tahoe and working with me. I know a lot of my couples listen to this. And so if you are, if if this base is not already covered, you should absolutely be using Wandering Weddings as a resource. There are so many incredible vendors on there. Lots of my friends um, have profiles and um, 
it's just a great place to to get started. Um, if you are a vendor, on that note, if you're a friend of mine and don't already have a profile on Wandering Weddings, you can get 10% off of your first year of Wandering Weddings by going to wanderingweddings.com forward slash join dash now and use the promo code podcast again to get 10% off of your first year. That's wanderingweddings.com forward slash join dash now promo code podcast. Okay, so hiking on your elopement day. Sounds fun, sounds adventurous, maybe a little daunting, but who doesn't love a little extra spice? Uh, There's some of you that are going to be like me. I do not like extra spice. And if that's you, that's great. Let's stick to the plan. Um, Let's not, let's not uh, (laughs) mix things up at all, if you will. But if you are wanting to make your elopement day a little extra exciting, add some adventure to it, um, and plan to get out there, hit the trail, hike a little bit for a view, for a location, for privacy, whatever the reason may be, um, this episode is going to cover a lot of the things that you should know going into that. So first things first, it's really important to understand how far you are willing to hike and how intense you are willing to be about it. I'm going to say that again because I don't think this always resonates with people. How far are you willing to hike and how intense are you willing to be about it? 15-minute walk, 30-minute hike, an hour-long trek, you want to go five miles, totally up to you. I'm down, super down, love it. Um, But there's a lot of times people come to me who maybe are hikers at sea level or, um, you know, they do a lot of nature walks or they are really avid hikers and backpackers but don't really consider the ramifications of, like, a wedding day (laughs) mixed in with that. Um, So, you know, what does it look like? What, what amount of effort are you willing to put forth? Um, obviously, getting sweaty on your wedding day and your wedding clothes is not ideal. Um, some people say, screw it, we don't care. Other people are really, you know, much more um, in tune with that and wanting to avoid that. And so that's just kind of a case-by-case thing. Um, but additionally, are you down to gain elevation and break a sweat? Or are we keeping things mild and easy? And the reason for this, <laughs> the reason this matters is because... Not all hikes are created equal, and if you want a panoramic view away from people, we're probably going to have to hike to it, and it probably is not going to be, like, a quick little, like, jaunt. There's a couple, like, there are places where we can get panoramic views, but we're going to be around people. So this goes back to what we were talking about in the location episode. Um, If you can find it on Google, if you can find it, you know, easily on all trails or whatever, um, it's pretty likely that you're going to be around a lot of people. And so the harder it is to get something, the easier it will be to assume that you are getting away from people. But with that comes a little bit of extra effort. So that's the first step you need to think about if you're planning on hiking on your elopement day is how far are you willing to go and how intense are you willing to be about it? Um, For me living in Tahoe, we have an average elevation of anywhere from like 6.2K at Um, 6,200 feet above sea level at lake level up to 8,000 plus feet if you're like in Mount Rose. It kind of just varies depending on where we are around the basin. And um, this is something that I'm not, again, disclaimer, I'm not giving you advice on how to uh, go about this because I can only give advice based on Lake Tahoe because that is where I live and work. Um, but again, these questions and knowing how far you're willing to go and how intense you're willing to be about it helps me determine location based on those things. So, um, after you know how far and how intense you're willing to get with a hike, 
then you can start talking about the logistics of everything. If you're wearing a dress, is it easy to hike and walk in? Um, will holding the train be a hassle? Is it heavy? Does it restrict your movement? Those are the questions you need to ask. A lot of times, you know, my brides will come to me and they've already bought their dress and then they decide they want to hike. And so we have to just talk about what it actually looks like to get up that mountain with the dress. Um, for example, a fluffy dress can be hard to lift because of the mass. Like there's just so much of it. I had an elopement this summer where my bride wore a dress that was originally purchased for a 200 person wedding in Austin, Texas at a museum. So it was very elegant and gorgeous. It was one of my favorites ever actually. Um, but she decided to wear it for her, her elopement. It wasn't that it was heavy. Um, there just was a lot of it. <laughs> like literally her arms were full. So if you have a fluffy dress, a poofy dress, you know, a dress that kind of goes outward, um, if it's not heavy, are you going to be able to still like, you know, hold it all in your arms? What's your game plan for that? Um, but those kind of dresses are actually easier to move in. Like that's definitely um, that's definitely an easier route rather than like a super form-fitted dress um however a lot of the form-fitted dresses now do have a little bit of stretch in them so that's a bonus um and with something like that if you've got like an a-line you know straight line dress are you able to like hike it up easily um you know to, to give some freedom in your legs like how are you how are you planning on doing that um so just something to consider if you've already bought your dress and you want to hike there's definitely a way around it you just need to like go into it with a game plan of like, okay, what what am I going to do here? The way you're not flustered the day of and um, feeling unprepared. Other thing to note, and I, I didn't write this down in like my notes beforehand, but tool dresses pick up everything, <laughs> literally everything. Um, so it's definitely good to keep in mind if you are going to be really like uptight and worried about getting little little snags in a tool dress um, and, you know, picking up pine cones and sticks and branches and stuff like that. If that's going to stress you out, I would recommend going a different direction. Um, my opinion on it is that you only wear this dress once and like better to actually use it and climb a mountain and say you did something cool in it rather than like keep it pristine for nobody to ever wear it again. Um, that's just my take on it. Also, a lot of these dresses come really, really, really clean, surprisingly. Um, I'm always very impressed with how um, how well they clean and the dirt comes out and all of that. So don't stress about that too, too much. Um, for the dudes, if your suit or outfit, because lots of times guys just wear khakis or jeans or something like that, but um, if your outfit is really tight, like if it's restrictive, I know <laughs> I've never worn a suit, but I know that they can be a little bit much. Um, you definitely want to make sure that you have the option to like take off your dress shirt. So wear an undershirt, bring a spare t-shirt, bring a dress bag, a garment bag that we can, you know, hang on the back of a backpack. That's definitely a good route to go, especially also for girls, like your dress can totally um, go that route too. We can hang it in the garment sack, fold it in half and put it on the backpack. No problem. Um, also ties. A lot of times my couples will get, um, not clip-on ties, but like, I guess they are clip-on ties, um, so that it can be easily taken off and on. If you're pro at a tie, <laughs> tying a tie, good for you. That's an easy fix. Um, but hiking in a tie is probably the worst thing ever, according to the dudes that I work with. So definitely be prepared for that. Um, now, aside from the outfits, the final piece of an outfit that is often overlooked and under understood <laughs> that was a bad phrase for that but it, they're usually not given enough um 
and a thought, and that is shoes. They are so, so, so important because you are in an outfit that is not your daily norm. It's not necessarily comfortable um, in the sense of like you feel 100%, you know, free to move about and like on your feet and whatever. Um, And it's really important that your shoes give you stability, that you have traction, and um, that you're not going to be slipping all over the place, whether you are on dirt, mud, ice, snow, whatever, even pavement, um, good shoes are really, really, really important if you plan to hike on your elopement day. My favorite boots ever, and I literally wear them to almost every single elopement, um, unless I know I'm going to be down by the beach, and then it's Birkenstocks all day long. Um, But my favorite boots are Kodiaks, and they are a Canadian company they're amazing. They're super comfortable. The first pair that I ever had, I hiked 10 miles that weekend in, um, in one day. And I ended up putting a total of like 25 miles on them that, that full weekend. Um, and they were so comfortable. I've literally never had a pair of shoes that were that comfortable. Um, so Kodiak boots, they've got a bunch of different styles. I have the slip-ons and the lace-ups. They're both fantastic. They have men and women's styles. My husband loves his. Um, so definitely, definitely check them out. My husband did not wear Kodiak boots for our wedding, and I definitely regret that I didn't know about them. (laughs) But, um, great shoes, highly recommend them. And fantastic for, you know, down the road too. Um, Super functional, not just like a one-time use sort of situation. Um, Also love Sorrel's if you're going to be doing anything in the snow. Other thing to note about Kodiaks, they are 100% waterproof. You can re-waterproof them with snow seal. Um, Again, I wear mine literally all the time and I've waterproofed them several times. So that's fantastic. I've stuck my feet in water and I'm good to go. Snow all day, no problem. Um, But Sorrel's, if you want more of a snow boot vibe, that's a great option. Um, And then there's just a general gym shoe. If you have a pair of Nikes or just a pair of like shoes that you like to work out in and go for walks in that have good tread, that's totally fine. Don't feel like you need to go buy something super expensive, um, you know, for the aesthetic of photos because you can change into dress shoes if you want to. Um, But a lot of times my chicks will leave their shoes on underneath their dresses because you can't even tell. So those are just kind of some things to consider around the shoe topic. Um, Definitely Definitely keep in mind that, you know, tread is everything and you really, really, really want to make sure that you are going to be stable. There's nothing worse than going up a hill um, with shoes that do not support you. Um, Last thing I wanted to note, Cole Haan makes a super cool dress shoe looking boot. So if you want something that's maybe not as aggressive as a Kodiak boot because you're not, you know, maybe that's not something you're going to keep doing after maybe the... Hiking on your elopement day is like a one-time thing and you don't hike a lot at home. Um, maybe it's just too much of a too much for you, like it's just too much of a boot. Um, Cole Haan makes a really cool dress shoe looking boot. Um, and I think it's called the Zero Grand Hiking Boot. Um, it's definitely not as aggressive as a, Co- as a Kodiak boot, but it has a great tread on it. Um, and it's a pretty good alternative for that middle ground. Um, and it looks really nice. It doesn't look like a hiking boot necessarily. It is more of a dress shoe vibe. So um, again, <laughs> dudes, specifically dudes, leather sole shoes are not your friend. Please stay away from them. With everything that you are, you will be slipping and sliding literally all over the place. So just don't go there. Um, Okay, 
those are the main things. Those are the first three things, main things, um, super important elements. And now the other things that we need to talk about if you are planning to hike on your elopement day are, one, if you are changing at your destination, bring a blanket or towel or something to stand on while you do. Usually you can duck into the woods. Privacy is not a problem in that regard. Um, But changing on pine needles is like the worst. (laughs) So I would highly recommend bringing a blanket, a towel, something to stand on while you are changing into your attire. Um, There are a couple companies that make pop-up changing tents if you are going to a more popular location um, or you're worried about crowds and want to make sure that you have some privacy. Those are good options. I've had a couple of um, couples use them before. Um, Next thing is bathroom breaks. (laughs) Those are inevitable and it's really important that you prepare for them. Um, I personally always carry a pack of tissues and uh, a little bag to dispose of used tissues for my ladies after they use the restroom. Obviously, dudes don't have quite as much of an issue here. Um, (laughs) I hate to bring this up and maybe gross some people out, but it's real. I pee in the woods all the time, and uh, I would so much rather be prepared than you feel uh, icky for either having to go to the bathroom or not having uh, properly taken care of things afterwards. So a um, little bit of forethought goes a long way there. Again, l- just a couple t- pieces of tissue um, and a little Ziploc bag, and that's that's good to go um, so that we are not burying anything or leaving any waste um, that's unnecessary. If we were backpacking, you know, you, d- you dig your big hole and you, you dispose of things that way, but... Um, there's not really a need for that here. So just being prepared will will tackle a lot of that. Um, Next thing is snacks because nothing is worse than when you are hiking and your blood sugar drops out and all of a sudden you are exhausted and you're grouchy and you're just not having fun anymore, especially on your wedding day. So make sure you bring some snacks. Better yet, plan a post- ceremony picnic to enjoy together. I love those. I think it's really special to um, have a meal together after your ceremony that's just the two of you. It gives you some time to like chat. A lot of us, um, I think I think a lot of people connect over over food. Like it's nice to sit down, take a couple bites of something and have a conversation and kind of, uh, you know, just level the energy a little bit. So Make sure that you are prepared with some snacks. Again, I always have snacks for my couples. Um, We rarely need them. They're usually prepared, but I've got backup bars just in case. Um, Leading into that is water. Please, 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 please drink your H2O. If you're going to be at elevation, the best time to hydrate was yesterday. Um, And this is something I learned when we hiked Mount Whitney. Um, It was... We, we pretty much hiked it off the couch. It, like, we got the opportunity to get a permit, and we were like, eh, screw it. Let's give it a try. And we hydrated two days before. It was literally two days before. Um, and so we just started drinking endless amounts of water, but we still definitely should have been hydrating earlier than that. Um, so, yes, the best time to hydrate was yesterday. Pick up some hydration tablets. I love noon hydration tablets. They're fantastic. Um, I was given an analogy a few years ago of when you water a plant that's dry, where the soil is dry, the water goes straight through it, out the bottom of the pot, and it doesn't really get to absorb that water in the way that it would if the plant was already, you know, had moisture in it. And it was like moist plants are able to absorb water so much better than the completely dry ones. So um, think of your hydration and your body that same way. 
If you're super dehydrated, the water's going to go right through you. That's why people are like, when I drink so much water, I have to pee all the time. And that's not necessarily true. If you're really hydrated, your body's going to be utilizing that water rather than just sending it straight through your body and disposing of it. Um, there are places for it to go that it just is not properly hydrated for. So um, be sure to hydrate. Um, a makeup touch-up kit is very important if you think that you are going to be sweaty and are worried about how your makeup is going to look at the end of it. So, um, definitely bring a cloth to dab your face. You don't want to wipe your face, obviously, um, but dabbing is a pretty good option and, um, bringing a little kit to touch up your makeup at the top is a great move, even if it's just some translucent powder, um, maybe some extra foundation. I'm not really a makeup person, so <laughs> that's not my expertise. Um, but that can be a good way just to kind of um, settle down the shine and make sure that you feel super confident once you get to the top of wherever you're going. Um, if you think that you're going to be coming down the down in the dark, it's important to bring some sort of light. Um, headlamps are obviously my my first choice. So make sure to bring a couple for each person or one for each person. I mean, um, if you have like a Sierra trading post near you, you can usually find headlamps. They're pretty, pretty cheaply, um, and good quality. So that's a great option. And then lastly, um, we need to talk about leave no trace. So if you are hiking on your elopement day and you are planning to enjoy the great outdoors, we have to talk about this. I have a whole episode coming on this soon. We're going to have a guest on, talk about Leave No Trace. It's going to be super fantastic. Um, But the long and the short of it for this episode is that the land you are on is special. It likely belonged to indigenous people. And it's really important that we respect it and take good care of it. Um, Not only for the reason I just mentioned, but also so that people can enjoy it for years to come and that we're setting a good example for those around us. So, um... If you can, pick up trash on your way up and down. I am (laughs) notorious for uh, doing a quick sweep around wherever I am to grab water bottles, wrappers, trash, that sort of stuff as we are um, getting ready to head back down and my couple is just hanging out. Um, You need to pack out whatever you pack in. No exceptions, no questions asked. Do not leave champagne corks. Do not leave uh, flower petals. Just don't do it. Pack it out. Um... On that note of the things not to do, um, smoke bombs are a pretty big no-no in my opinion. I just, they're not really necessary. If you want to do a smoke bomb, there are places to do that. But um, especially in places like the Sierra where the fire danger is so high, it's just not worth it. They are technically an explosive and um, our last fire this past year was set by a smoke bomb. So let's just not do that. Um, I mentioned champagne corks, sprinkle confetti. Uh, flower petals that are not native to the area, fake petals, um, rice to, you know, toss as the couple is finishing um, the ceremony and like celebration. Those are just not good. You could do some bird seed if you really wanted to. Make sure that the birds in the area, um, make sure you buy something for the birds in the area. Um, But in general, just it's not really necessary. Um, So that is pretty much that. Um, And then again, with the fire danger thing, I just, I say it all the time and I'm annoying about it, but um, fire danger is very real in mountainous areas, especially alpine areas. Um, It's just really, really, really crucial that you are extra aware. If you smoke cigarettes, um, it's really important that you dispose of those properly. Do not leave cigarette butts. Um, Take them with you. 
And um, please don't feed the animals. <laughs> I know they're cute. Um, and sometimes they will come up to you because they're used to being fed. Um, but that's just not good practices. Um, and then lastly, if you are needing to use the restroom but you are near a body of water, you need to make sure that you go at least 200 yards away from the shoreline um, so that you reduce the risk of contamination of that body of water. Um, super passionate about this with Lake Tahoe. Obviously, keeping Tahoe blue is something that us locals strive to do and make sure that we have awareness around Um but those are just some general leave no trace tips. Again, we have a full episode on leave no trace coming um, in the next few weeks. So that will be great. Um, so to wrap this up, I know this was a pretty pretty basic episode. I don't think these things are really groundbreaking or revolutionary. But I think a lot of times um, couples don't really think through all the way and then get to the point of needing to prep for this and just kind of scramble and then feel underprepared or just a little bit more frazzled than they need to be. So these are just the things that you need to think of. Um, and, you know, obviously I love hiking on elopements, on elopement days. I think it's a really special metaphor for marriage. Um, I love it. And there are ups and downs. There's peaks and valleys. There's vista points. There's forests. All of the things. Um, and it doesn't really matter how far you go or how fast you go as long as you're with your person. So um, I think it's really special and encourage you to consider it if it's something that resonates with you. Um, but yeah, cheesy. I know, but <laughs> that's how I feel on that. So um, I think that concludes our, our chat around hiking and how to prepare for it. Next week is our final episode in this Elopement Planning 101 series, and it's going to be just a general recap and checklist for your elopement day to circle back over everything we've talked about um, and add any other thoughts or notes that may have been missed or that people have brought to my attention. Um and uh, yeah, so I hope this was helpful. Again, I know it's not like a super information dense episode. It's more just kind of reminding you of the things that I think are pretty straightforward and obvious, um, but can be easy to overlook if you are moving too quickly or not giving time to, um, to think through them. So that is all. I will see you guys next Monday. And uh, yeah, thanks for tuning in. Thanks so much for tuning in today. If you have a spare second, go ahead and leave a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. It means the world to me. And of course, if you have any questions about today's podcast episode or would like to request a topic, you can email me at theelopementpodcast at gmail.com.